Hi, and welcome to episode 193 of No Crying in Baseball, the Bright Lights Big City episode. My name's Patty. I'm here with my friend Potty Mouth. Well, Potty Mouth is actually somewhere else, but I can see her from here. Hi, Potty Mouth. So a total apologies to everybody in advance for my potentially really shitty connection. I am on the 24th floor of the Holiday Inn in Manhattan in the Flatiron District with a huge pride events like screaming down 24 floors from me. It's it's quite a scene here in Manhattan. So I, yeah, here I am, Potty Mouth Live from New York City. Woo, I appreciate your dedication to not be outside in the sweltering heat with the, with the masses because that sounds like fun actually. It was, but Potty Mouth is getting old. This is the elder version of Potty Mouth. And, you know, I could only take a few hours and had to come up and then took a shower. And now I feel nice and clean. And, yeah, my my desire for going back down to the streets is diminishing. And luckily, Mr. Potty Mouth's parting gesture was to bring me this beer, which I'm incredibly grateful for. And um, listeners should note that Mr. Potty Mouth brought an entire six-pack of beer, and there's no fridge, so Potty Mouth is honor-bound right. to down them all, possibly during the course of recording. So, and no you know, supervision. Under no supervision. I mean, I can see her, but I have no control because I can't reach her from here. Oh, my God. Hey, but you didn't start yep. in New York. You started in Boston. Right. So this is like the Potty Mouth East Coast tour is what's happening. So we started in Boston and y'all are going to hear a lot about our experience at Fenway. But one of the major highlights of it was that I got to see our friend Daniel She live and in person, which is wild because we had Daniel on our show at the very beginning of the pandemic situation to talk about CPBL because he was in like in Taiwan, literally in Taiwan and running the English language CPBL Twitter. And then he came over to finish his degree in Texas. Congratulations, graduate, by the way. Yes, great things are going to be happening with Daniel. And I saw him tweet something about going to Boston. I was like, oh, my God, are you going to the game? And he was, and we were. And we connected very briefly at your favorite point of the game, the seventh inning stretch. While Take Me Out to the Ball Game was being sung around us, we met at the top of the grandstand. Yeah. So it was very cool. Great to see Daniel. Very funny. Everybody should do ballpark meetups. I I highly recommend it. I I do like that on Twitter. Someone um, wanted to know the answer to the burning question. Is he exceptionally tall or are you um, exceptionally not? (laughs) How did I miss that? Yeah, I looked at that picture and went, holy shit, I didn't realize he was that tall or that I was (laughs) that short. Both, Both are very feasible answers to that question, to tell you the truth. Sure enough. Well, my Sunday was much less exciting than Potty Mouth's, you know, doing the Pride festivities in, in New York City. I, you know, I start every morning with my brain work. I do the crossword puzzle, you know, on the Washington Post site, which is actually the LA Times crossword puzzle, kind of just to kind of wake up with my morning coffee. I, I, I do that. And today I was ticked. I got my blood pumping, and not just my brain, because there was an error. And there's often baseball-related clues in, um, in crossword puzzles, and this one was a four-letter answer for slugger hmm. stats and i'm like averages ops no none of those things were right it was an actual mistake guess what it was rbis oh no wonder and it's you a didn't pet get peeve it. of mine even yep. though i slip into it every once in a while we all do runs batted in is already plural rbis is not correct and you would think word nerds 
that you know edit yep. crossword puzzles would check such things but no rbis was the answer that was correct according to the la times but you know there's probably a dodgers fan there doing that so i don't know <laughs> i can't speak to that but i was ticked and i i waved to my kid and said oh my god and my kid was also appalled so either you know it runs in the family or self-righteous ang- yeah it's a self-righteous anger thing does run in the family never mind <laughs> good, good. I th- I call it good parenting. I credit with you that. Thank you. Credit that with Thank you. you. I feel yes, good about I'm that emergency backup, mom. <laughs> On today's show, sticky stuff in pants. Ew. Uh, we've got the report <laughs> from Fenway. <laughs> Why do we only care about Tatis when it comes to multi-homer games? We've got grooming and fashion. Potty mouth is not holding it together. We've got uh, Olympic qualifiers and the COVID report. I'm going to keep talking about sticky stuff in pants because it makes potty mouth spit beer out her nose. And I'm going to start by saying first ejection. Is that going to help? Is that going to help you? I was not prepared for this. I'm glad that I get to sit this one out for a little while and work on this beer. (laughs) Power to you. Power to you. Okay. So as you know, um, the enforcement of the no foreign substances on baseball's rule went into effect last week, and there was much to do about something. And we had much better ways to enforce this rule. We had had a lot, many more ideas of how this could be done better. But no, it's done the ridiculous way where... Pitchers get you know stopped and frisked twice, at least twice a game, sometimes more, as you'll hear. And today, they pulled somebody over without probable cause, and they kicked him out. <laughs> so Hector Santiago of the Mariners, during a pitching change, which is one of the times where pitchers can be checked, had the inspection by the umpires, and his hat was fine, but they confiscated his glove. Something about it wasn't right, according to the two umpires, who I'm sure are highly trained in identifying foreign substances on baseball players. And um, he was ejected from the game. So that could mean a 10-game suspension for him. And if you remember from last week, the Mariners cannot replace him on the roster. So they will be playing short-staffed during that suspension. Um, his manager did come out to help argue the case, but um, left before he also was ejected because that would have been a lot. But he, but Hector Santiago was just looking at everybody like, what is happening? What is happening? It's because it's crazy. As you've seen by stats for the past week, no one is messing with this, right? Because you know yeah. they know that they're really under scrutiny, and who knows if that's going to ease up later. But right now, there's a lot. It kicked off this week with the Joe Girardi versus Max Scherzer showdown God. at the beginning yes. of the week where um, Scherzer was checked at the end of the first and checked at the end of the third, which seems to be the regular as you leave the field after your those those two innings, you're going to get the hat, belt, you know, glove check. But managers can request additional checks. Joe Girardi requested a mid-inning check of Max Scherzer. He claims later, well, Max was dick move. It's a dick move. He was, Max was touching his hair more than usual, which he said was, I had to find moisture somewhere because otherwise (laughs) I'm eating freaking rosin. And so he said, my, my hair was sweaty. So I had to use the sweat because you won't let me use anything else. Right. So he was so mad. He started like undoing his pants and the, and the, the umpires are like, don't get kicked out. Just, I'm sorry, just let, just let us do this. They didn't say I'm sorry. I said, just let us do this and we'll get past this. But there was a lot of glaring back and forth. And then Girardi comes out of the freaking dugout and starts gesturing to, to with, like a, with a, like a Joe Kelly come at me, bro, sort of a, yeah. sort of a thing happening. And so he got, he got tossed. But now there's a lot of questions about 
our manager is going to start using this as a strategy to disrupt a pitcher's rhythm to get in their heads, right? The Disney prince thinks so. Our pal um, Tyler Glass now, who already we reported last week, and it was injured, which he blames completely on this inability to use any substances at all for grip. He said that Girardi was way out of line. He said that managers are going to start doing this. And he said, well, maybe Girardi was having a bad day, but he sure should not have done this. Clayton Kershaw said, maybe there should be a punishment if a manager checks a guy and there isn't anything. Like when oh, you ask for a review. that's a like on, good you know, idea. Like, when you ask for like you know the the replay review if if you lose yeah. it then you lose a, a, any future ones maybe there should be a thing um jt real muto who was part of that game said just find a better ball solve the oh problem God. at the root find a better ball so sergio romo did his best to steal the thunder from the girardi scherzer fiasco by just plain dropping his pants on the pitcher's mound when it was his turn to get checked and so there's that. I don't know that people have done that since because, you know, the, the thrill is gone there. But, oh, my God. Oh, no. No, it isn't. No, it isn't. I think we've got we need a whole set of pitchers dropping their pants in protest. I think that would be the ultimate protest. We need more pitchers dropping their pants. And you know what actually surprised me about that Sergio Romo thing is how long their shirts are. Because his shirt actually went not, you know, that I was inspecting that closely, but it did go beyond his butt. <laughs> Were, yes, were, were you disappointed in, in that realization? I I just don't understand. Like, are, do shirts really need to be that long? You know, the, the other thing that I was thinking of as you were telling the story, did you see when Scherzer was joking to the ump to check Bryce Harper's hair for substance? Yes, yes. <laughs> in retribution? Because it's like that was, I mean, Girardi was just being a total dick there, really, really. Like, you're going to pull that on Scherzer? I, uh, yeah. No. I do like um, your proposal, and so I'm going to put that out there, but I'm going to wait till Potty Mouth swallows that sip of beer to say that I think that in the name of civil disobedience, everybody drop your pants. Yes. I think we might have an episode name. <laughs> so, <laughs> so, I and, and I'm obviously just bursting at the seams to talk about my weekend in Boston, and I, I think that the bottom line is that my friend Santiago needs to come visit more often. Because this is my friend, and this is what, you know, every Red Sox fan's dream is, is to have a Yankee fan live with them for a month. So Santiago and I are such good friends that I was willing to do this so he could come to this country to get his vaccination. Everything's very good. So he's been staying with us. So he showed up the weekend that the Red Sox swept the Yankees at Yankee Stadium. And we watched that from the comfort of our home. But I think he showed up that first night. And what a way to welcome him to this country. And then this past weekend, we witnessed the Red Sox again sweep the Yankees, this time at Fenway Park. And so we went on Friday night, and then we were in New York both last night and tonight to watch the games from here. So we were kind of close to the action. What struck us both a lot was oh my God, there's so many people. Like this was the first weekend that Fenway Park was at full capacity and it was sold out. It was sold out Friday night. It was sold out the whole weekend and it just felt like a lot of people and I hadn't been in that kind of situation yet, right? And just, we all just felt, even though we're now all vaccinated, just felt nervous. It's just, I don't know, it's a strange thing. But at the same time, I was super happy to be there Friday night the big deal was it was the ceremony to honor Dustin Pedroia. And that was kind of the last, you know, should we go to this Yankees-Red Sox sold-out thing or not? 
And once we saw that it was Pedroia's night, it was just, I mean, that's just been one of Mr. Potty Mouth's idols forever. And we felt like we had to go. And it was a lovely ceremony. And we are just huge, huge Pedroia fans. He was such an amazing Red Sox. He uh, was Rookie of the Year in 2007, right? MVP in 2008. Four-time All-Star, four Golden Gloves. Just a player with heart until his career was pretty much ended at a game that we saw at Camden Yards. And I know that I've talked about this a bazillion times on the podcast. Y'all are probably totally sick of it. But it's why I still like get a, a, you know, a pit in my stomach every time I hear stuff about Manny Machado. Because we saw him spike Pedroia. He's been out. He played nine games since that spike. And then he finally you know, retired uh, this past year. 2019, I think, officially. And he has publicly said he doesn't have any hard feelings against Machado for it. It's just rough. And I think I, I got so teary-eyed. I mean, these things are so teary. But when he kind of choked up and said one play derailed something special in the, as part of the ceremony when he was speaking to the fans. And I was just like, fuck, I saw that play. And that's it's heart-wrenching. You know, this is a guy who... Hat was the heart of the team for so many years and for so much. And there were all these, you know, players who came back to speak about him. And one was Ortiz, who apparently had to be at home because of some medical situation. So I hope everything's okay with him. But he recorded it for for Pedroia, and he said that that was his biggest memory. It was a whole bunch of, like, size doesn't matter because they were sort of, like, unlikely buddies being big and small but that Pedroia was such the heart of the team. And uh, just to see that. And so there were, you know, other famous former teammates who came out. The, the big one, actually, this is very funny, was Tim Wakefield and, and uh, Mike Lowell came out. So his friends from, you know, 2007 series. And um, then the surprise one was Jacoby Ellsbury, yeah. which was hysterical. I, saw that. I, I thought of you immediately. I'm like, oh, no, oh, no. This is not going to end well. We just burst into hysterics because Ellsbury was absolutely one of my favorite favorite Red Sox. And, the, and as was Johnny Damon. And they talk about when Ellsbury went over to the Yankees after his World Series win. You know, just like Johnny Damon had done in 2004. Ellsbury did the same thing. And they call it like pulling a Damon. So these are like two players that I thought were just so cool when they were on the Red Sox. But I saw a really interesting article, maybe I, I put it in the notes, I hope, about how this was just like the ultimate dig at the Yankees. I mean, this is a Dustin Pedroia ceremony. It is pre-Red Sox-Yankees game. And to pull out Ellsbury, who ended up being the biggest waste of fucking money for the Yankees, <laughs> because when he went over there is when his like injuries just like went out of control. And he is definitely like one of their historic wastes of money. And he shows up there to, I guess they were actually really good friends, him and Pedroia, but still, it just, it just seemed a little bit like an extra dig, like we needed any more over the weekend. Um, plus, <laughs> uh, you know, a couple of uh, Pedroia's, actually several of, of Pedroia's teammates from the Red Sox are now managers, including Kevin Cash, including David Ross, and they both spoke via, via video, and including Alex Cora, who actually caught the first pitch that Pedroia no, got nice. to throw out, which was super nice. sweet. And then there was all the baseball boyfriend stuff. So, you know, as we're going to be talking about soon in this episode and in every episode, we each 
pick guys in the offseason because they're special, because there's something that we connect with. And if Pedroia had been active while we'd been recording or, you know, some magic had happened, such a baseball boyfriend. There were a lot of Jimmy Fund testimonies, which is the Boston uh, charity related to helping kids with cancer that the Red Sox have been, you know, affiliated with for years and years and years. And also, he was a big personal supporter of the survivors of the Boston bombing, you know, before the 2013 uh, World Series. And the sister of one of the little kid, of the little kid, actually, the only kid who had, had died in the bombing, sang the national anthem. So talk about, like, tear-jerking. Oh, God, the heart. Yeah. Huge tear-jerking. And two of the survivors who he ended up being becoming friends with, like, personally, came out and greeted him and it was so apparent. So I don't know, just my hats off to Dustin Pedroia for sure. The oh the the big part is that they are waiving the requirement of years after retirement to enter the Red Sox Hall of Fame. Because usually like the the big Hall of Fame, there's a certain number of years and it's it's actually five that you're supposed to be retired before going into the Red Sox Hall of Fame and they put him in right away. Oh, that's that seems fitting. It was. It totally was. So that was Friday night. We got to watch. Oh, I didn't mention after the, after that ceremony, the Red Sox won the game. <laughs> and it was very exciting. So I'm sorry, Santiago. And then we got here Saturday night. We watched the Saturday night game at a bar. Sunday afternoon, we kind of came in from Pride to catch the end of the game. And what I missed today was Kike Hernandez, who has been like my, oh my God, I can't believe he's a Red Sox dude, even though he's been underperforming. He, on the first fucking pitch today, he got a home run off Garrett Cole on the first pitch of the game. I'm thinking Garrett Cole might be suffering from lack of sticky stuff. Yeah, apparently, because then Garrett Cole went up, went to let up, I think it was four runs in the first inning and get beat. So then the sweep was complete. So I'm full circle back to my friend Santiago being here for the first sweep, for the second sweep. And I think that he needs to come more often because apparently the Red Sox like to win when he's in town. I, I do have a couple of like, all right, we need to to make some some positive changes Rafael Devers is chewing too much tobacco. I am concerned for his well-being. He's looking very well, like he lost a lot of weight. I would like to please anybody close to Rafi, please tell him he's got to cut down on the chew. And enough of the fucking Yankees suck chance. It's not necessary. Like, like yes, they swept the Yankees. I, I, you know, I always go back to the positive. I want to chant for our guys. I'm happy with the Let's Go Red Sox. We don't need to chant Yankees suck because they don't. Well, they kind of had some sucky moments this week but in general you know i i think we gotta rise above that bullshit and also if a team does suck they already know it and you chanting it right is not it's not good form so take it from potty mouth and some more excellent parenting there's no need to say such things yeah yeah i want to talk about all the home runs okay this may be a direct (laughs) result of the no sticky stuff but you may have noticed that um, Fernando Tatis Jr. had a three-homer game in the past few days, and that's freaking awesome. And everywhere you looked on social media, it was all about the glory that is Fernando Tatis Jr. And I agree. He is absolutely something special. He is one <laughs> yep. of my favorites. He's, you know, Potty Mouse's former boyfriend. We love him. We adore him. But why is he getting all of this extra attention for something that, 
say Kyle Schwarber, who I care for much less, but also had a three homer game this same week. He didn't get so much attention. He's had 13 home runs in 14 games, including a three homer game. He set records for home runs from the leadoff spot this past week. And very little attention unless you are in D.C. where he plays now or Chicago where he played recently. You might not even know that. Jesse Winker, my current boyfriend on the Reds. You may have heard me say he's had two games already this year where he's hit three homers in a game. And Ryan Mountcastle, my boyfriend on the O's, my pick for Rookie of the Year, I hope if he continues this way, had a three-homer game very recently. None of those guys got anywhere near the attention that Tatis Jr. got for his three home run game in the past week. And the only thing I can think of, it's the the QHAR rating. He has much better quality hair above replacement. His score there is so much higher than any any of these other guys. I I think that has something to do with it. I mean, he's he's kind of the face of baseball right now. And I get that. And I appreciate that because I like who he is as a person. I like who he is as a player. But I do find it weird that these other guys who have very similar achievements are not getting the credit. Huh. They need to grow their hair or drop their pants to get attention, I would say. You know, maybe. <laughs> but they, but should they? Should they have to, really? I mean, they're saying <laughs> yeah, it with their bats. Yeah, that's true. That's unfair. Yeah. 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 But anyway. But, so uh, you know, we talk about Q-Har, and then there it is, um, biting these other guys in, in the butts, which... If they drop their pants, never mind. <laughs> right. So along the lines of, oh, hey, wait, now you had something more about about home runs. We're talking about home run derby now. Oh, that's right. That's right. So speaking of former boyfriends, I had chosen Tatis, and I had also choos- chosen uh, Vladimir Guerrero Jr. in Toronto. And they are leading. They're sort of like battling, really, for home runs overall. But one's AL and one's NL, although Shohei Otani keeps sort of, by, you know, bumping into that leading uh, for, for Vladdy. So when you, I think when you're focused that much on being the actual home run leader, they're not so interested in doing the home run derby. Because actually there is shown that people take a little bit of a dip after the derby, right? There's like that hangover, derby hangover. Sometimes, sometimes for sure. But Tatis, in his particular case, you know, he's got that shoulder that's been giving him problems. Right. And that one makes the that that one makes like personal health sense to me. Like he yeah. shouldn't be swinging that hard for that long when it doesn't matter except for, you know, for fun. If it might take, that could absolutely take him out for the season if he messes up his shoulder anymore. Vladdy, I agree, it's probably just, you know, I, I, I need to save it for the team. But also, so Pete Alonso just announced he's going to do it. He's going to defend his title. Oh, um, he Sho- is. Shohei wow. Otani is going to do it, which is interesting because he's somebody who's absolutely in contention for mm-hmm. um, for the, the home run you know, leader of, of the season. True. Absolutely. And he's going to do it. And um, Trey Mancini just announced. So that's the heartwarming yeah. uh, one for that. And I haven't seen any other announcements yet, but there's still two weeks to go. I'm hoping I get to watch this in Potty Mouse Basement on the big screen. Yeah. I'm just putting, putting that out there not right now. Because that's what I want to do. I remember Schwarber um, was in the Home Run Derby that was in D.C. when he went up against Harper. Yep. When we were saying yeah. things like, come on, Harper. Yeah, and Harper the just had that, that he had the bandana, he had totally all the mojo. Knowing that, that Alonso's going back in, though, makes me feel really sad for Vladdy because 
you know, that was the last one when, when Vladdy was just raking every round and then Alonso you just didn't have to put as many home runs out there to win the thing. So it was, yeah, it was sad. Strategery, even in the home yeah. run derby, that doesn't matter for anything except for good, right. clean fun, for gosh sakes. Speaking of good, clean fun, back to the QHAR statistics. So um, the uh, the Marlins have been playing the um, the Nats, so I've got to see Jazz Chisholm a lot more than I have been recently. And we noted his excellent bright blue hair at the beginning of the season. His hair is now a stunning dark purple, which I noticed twice in a row when he hit um, when he hit triples, leadoff triples against the Nats, two two straight games, and his helmet flew off, revealing the fabulous short but intense bright purple hair so his um his q heart is super high it remains that way i don't know why he switched to purple i tried to find it i don't know he just he's just jazzing it up i guess um our friend uh, uh freddie galvis who um potty mouth said is you know definitely a leader in the q heart category unfortunately is out for one to two months from a, a right quad strain that happened oh, in no. this weekend's series against the blue jays where the blue jays just plain killed the o's dead um, so that made me a little bit sad and also that Freddie got knocked out because of it. So, but what I'm seeing is this is an opportunity for other people to move into QHAR position. So, you know, like when guys get their call up, when, when, you know, the, the first string guys, when the A team gets injured, this might be the chance for you guys who have been thinking about doing something a little special with your hair, but haven't been doing something special with your hair. Now's your chance to move in because Freddie's out for two months, giving you a break. All-Star Game uniforms were revealed at Nike. Okay, so Nike's got them this time, and hopes were high. And hopes, see what happened was the bar was set too high. The idea, you know, this this is not an under-promise and over-deliver. This is a, hey, Nike's doing it. It's going to be awesome. Oh, my God, these suck. These are terrible. <laughs> okay, so I got to say, the caps I like. The caps for the All-Star Game are like a navy blue cap. They've got a purple star on the front because you know it's in Colorado and the tips of the stars look like snow-capped mountains. So you've got the Colorado callback. Like when it was in Cleveland, you had the guitar for the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. When it was in DC, you had like you know the Capitol building imagery and all of that. So they try to make it look like where the game's being played. The jerseys, however, number one, the National League is white and the American League is navy. And those don't sound like Colorado co colors. Those sound like they've still been on the books since the game was going to be in Atlanta. Oh, so they just didn't want to waste the shirts. I don't know, but they're freaking ugly. So here's a couple of things. One is they're ugly. And two, they're going to wear them in the game. They don't usually wear these in right. the actual All-Star game. Part of the fun for a lot of people, myself included, is seeing all of these guys who have been voted the best at their jobs standing there representing the teams that they play for. Playing together for sure, but wearing their uniform that they play in yeah. every day because this is their job. This is what they do. We're not going to have that. We're going to have the National League in these really ugly white jerseys and the American League in these super ugly navy jerseys. And um, I'm a little sad about that. Um, I don't know if seeing them on the guys in action might change my mind about them wearing them on the field, but it's sure not going to change my mind about how they look. They have, going down the left-hand side, they have... The, the, the three letters identifying the city, like, you know, or COL for Colorado, right? Like Cleveland mm -hmm. one is CLE, for instance. So the three letters that you see on the scoreboard identifying the team. And then smacked on top of that, that blocks out some of the letters underneath, 
you have the actual logo of that team. And it's not attractive, really. I saw that for the O's, it's the O instead of the bird, and that the bird has been more the logo. I don't know. I saw some controversy about the O's choice. I don't know. being appropriate. I think they look like soccer shirts. Yes. Yes. Oh, I thought that was just me. Oh, good. It was just my first impression. I was like, it looks, I don't know why. It just, it just looks soccer to me. Whatever. Yeah. So I'm, I'm unimpressed. Um, I think we could do better. I think Nike for sure could have done better. But what, um, what was done well is Yogi Berra has a stamp, has a USPS stamp now. And it's a forever stamp, so it actually says Yogi Berra forever, which I think is pretty sweet. Aww, even though that's not that's what awesome. it means. They were issued on Thursday. They had the unveiling at the Yogi Berra Museum. And um, of all the Yogi Berra-isms, my favorite is love is the most important thing, but baseball's pretty good too, um, which is more sweet than silly. But let's not forget he was an 18-time All-Star and he was a World Series champion 10 times. Hell of a catcher, Yogi Berra. So I think the stamp is recognizing both of those things, his, his way with words and his way as, as a backstop. Wow, 18 All-Stars. That's crazy. Yep. Also doing good things is the Dominican Republic. All right, we're going to go a little bit international for the moment. And the Olympic qualifier just finished, actually yesterday. And this was the last qualifier that we've talked about the past couple weeks where it was only the DR against Venezuela against the Netherlands for the final spot in the Tokyo Olympics. And it was the DR over Venezuela in the final, 8-5. to five. And they will now, so this is it. This is baseball coming back to the Olympics and this weird-ass Olympics that's happening with all sorts of weird COVID stuff. But the teams that will be playing are the Dominican Republic, Japan as the host, Korea and Mexico, who got their places in the uh, World Baseball and Softball Classic Premier 12 competition, one for, like, the, it was, like, Asia, Oceanic countries, and one for the Americas. And then there was another qualifier just for the Americas that the U.S. got in from, and Israel is in as the candidate from the Europe-Africa trial. And One thing that I I saw and then totally forget to follow up on to put in the notes is that Team Israel is doing some sort of tour right now. They're playing the Bethesda Big Train while I'm going to be away. Yes, this all sounds very weird. I swear to God, they're playing the Bethesda Big Train. And I will get you information on this because it's just bizarre. Yeah, they're doing a weird tour around <laughs> that's the United stunning States. to me that's stunning to me I thought I was going to yeah. end by saying hey and potty mouth picked the DR going into this you know as yes this, I this did qualifier <laughs> as the winner so cheers to you but now I'm just stunned that that team Israel is going to play a local collegiate Cal Ripken league <laughs> wooden bat league yeah. team that's local huh fascinating <laughs> all right Okay, so Body Mouth referenced weird COVID things that may be affecting the Olympics and certainly affected a lot of qualifying rounds. In MLB, there's now almost no monitoring testing. This past week, there were fewer than 2,000 tests and no positives. And 23 out of 30 teams have reached the 85% vaccination level, which allows them to reduce as a team some of the protocols. Um, I don't know if we're gonna see the other seven teams hit this list. I just don't because there, there wasn't, you know, in the past several weeks there have been so many teams are at this level and this many teams are close as soon as they're, you know, two weeks of superpower, you know, growing 
it's, it's off, but no. Um, all, um, all ballparks are now at 100%. Um, the Blue Jays are still in Buffalo, so that's the AAA park. And so their 100% is 16,000, which is not shabby, but it's not, you know, probably the 30 whatever that they, they get at home. And But there is no, um, there's no movement on getting the Blue Jays back to Toronto yet. But every place Ooh. that cur- teams currently call home this season can have 100% capacity. The heartbreaking COVID-related baseball thing that happened this week is NC State got tossed basically out of the college world series they were a game of a game away from possibly making the finals at 1 a.m on saturday ncaa called the saturday afternoon game a no contest for covid protocols moving um, vanderbilt into the finals and throwing nc state out of contention Um, nc state earlier in the week had two unvaccinated players test positive which caused them to then test everyone because all of these teams are together right in 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 this championship in this world series um so they found four more positive players all who had been vaccinated so this is like Hmm. we talked about before with the yankees the vaccines in this case are keeping you from being symptomatic um but not necessarily 100 percent preventing you from being positive for COVID. So with that number of players testing positive, they the between like the county health department and NCAA World Series um, health protocols, they sent these guys home and then they, they were about to play a winner take all game to go to the finals. The game they had played on Friday where these four guys who tested positive played in this game against Vanderbilt, they were super short staffed. They had like nine position players and a couple of pitchers available and they lost but they put up a damn good fight and i i didn't hear anything about them saying well you played this other team we need to test vanderbilt right you guys played each other and four of these guys were positive so i'm not sure why guys who weren't vaxxed were allowed to travel and be part of this um that's not you know that's ncaa to to decide not not me but I'm a little ticked about that. And these guys are brokenhearted, um, and the NC State guys, and a lot of them are mad, but they're mad at NCAA's rules. I'm like, how about being mad um, at these guys who didn't take the precautions they should have taken? I mean, I know they're your yeah. friends, but, you know, there's a larger public health issue to look at here. And this was this is preventable mayhem, guys. I feel terrible. I feel terrible for these guys. I mean, it happened in, um, in the... the um, March Madness, it happened in hockey finals, it happened at a lot of collegiate levels. And here's here's the one for the the, the collegiate world series. And I'm sorry guys, this this sucks for you. It really does. Um what sucks uh, for that me totally sucks. is um a much lesser suck, which is I haven't budged in the fantasy boyfriend baseball league standings, but there was a little bit of movement. We've still got Karen's legit team, Bono's boyfriends, Hot Mess Baseball Mom, and iZombies for adults as one, two, three, four, like last year's. But the kids have topped the leftovers for this week. Oh. And in a surprise move, Deborah F's team has tied with Potty Mouth's posse for number oh, no. seven. Still leaves me and then Marla and then Vino Tinto as, you know, the rest of the list where we were before. But watch out, breathing down your neck, Potty Mouth. Deborah means business. Yikes. I don't know. I thought the Padres had been, I mean, with my Padres pitching, I thought I was going to be all right, but 
So I have no pitchers left, by the way. Like all the Cleveland uh, starters are pretty much on the IL. So I've oh, tossed shit. my hands into the air and I'm like, I, I don't know. I got nothing. I've stopped replacing them with the guys they call up because the guys they call up have like ERAs of like 27. So I really don't want to fall any farther. So I figured not having a pitcher at all kind of keeps me where I am as opposed to punishes me more for all of these guys. I don't know. I don't know. So it's, you know, now it's just amusing because if you can't laugh, we all go insane. Isn't that what the thing is? Yeah. Yeah. Hey, what are you doing this week? Are you ever coming home? So, yeah. Wait, what day is today? Today is Sunday. (laughs) I'm driving back to Maryland tomorrow. Just me and Santiago and my kid who hopefully will be able to scrape up from the Pride festivities because we did actually bump into my kid on the way back. That is something that a kid or my kid was not happy to see me. Well, sort of, like, there was a little bit of the wave. I was like, honey, look. Oh, you did not honey your child at a Well, we were were passing the park, and the the kid was, and I didn't even notice them, but the kid was up there with two friends, and I was like, oh, my God, there's the kid. And I was like, we got to say hi. And and, And Mr. Potty Mouth gave me that look like, no, no, we really don't. We really don't. But I don't take well to that look and I went yes I did hi honey and the kid went oh no (laughs) pretty much I gotta say I'm with Mr. Potty Mouth on this one my (laughs) love for you has not changed it's still it's still way up there but yeah yeah I gotta say oh my god so um I'm gonna try to get you to go to some T-Bolts games with me this week because Saturday night's Thunderbolts game this is our local actually the um the, the team that we beat, the number one team, is the one who apparently is going to play Team Israel <laughs> sometime soon. <laughs> so, yes, yeah, so we beat the, so the, 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 the Silver Spring uh, Tacoma Thunderbolts beat Bethesda Big Train, and it was Ooh. so much fun. And the player that we host pitched a great inning. Like, everything. There was crowded oh, stands, awesome. like, just crowded enough that people were into it. We got everybody singing at the stretch. We got everybody standing for the last out. Like all of a sudden people had like kicked into this is how you participate. This is this is your job as a fan. And it was really fun. So I hope you and yours join me this week from for some T-Bolts games. It's going to be super fun. fun. All right, folks, go see baseball wherever you are. See it at the at the college level. See it at the um, the little league level. See it in the majors or the minors, whatever you have nearby. Please feel free to listen to past episodes of No Crying in Baseball and tell your friends if you think they'd like to hear us talk about baseball. And please absolutely find us on social media. Hang out with us on Twitter, NCIB Podcast, Facebook, and Instagram at No Crying in B-Ball. Get your vaccines if you didn't yet so your team can play in the College World Series. Wear your masks when you're supposed to. Keep keep washing your hands and watching your distance. Fight the man. And until next week, say goodnight, Potty Mouth. Goodnight, Potty Mouth. I'll drink more beer.